Welcome to Speaking of Partnership, the show that brings you the personal partnership stories of experts from all walks of life so you can turn their stumbling blocks into stepping stones to healthy, long-lasting partnerships. I'm your host, Ken Bechtel. You know that the partnership game is not easy, but it's so worth it. If you're struggling with attracting or maintaining partnerships, go to speakingofpartnership.com right now, click on the big red button, and attend a free webinar on the secret to starting your ideal partnership today. Now, let me introduce you to today's guest. I am super excited to bring you today's featured guest, Kelly Casal. Did I say that right, Kelly? Casso. Casso. I knew I'd get it wrong. Okay, Casso. Thank you. Thank you. Well, welcome to the show, Kelly. Thank you. I'm great to be here. Well, let me give everybody a little background before we get going so they know all about you. And, and Kelly Casso, see, I got it, is the author of The Integrity Advantage. She's a motivational speaker and the chief executive officer of the highly acclaimed Ford Institute. She continues the legacy of the New York Times bestselling author and thought leader, the late Debbie Ford. And she leads the development and teachings of the Ford Institute's transformational programs to thousands of people across the globe. She's actually known as a kick-ass coach to high-level executives, change makers, and celebrities committed to personal transformation. Kelly blends her quick wit, laser-sharp insight, and relentless compassion to help people upgrade their lives on a cellular level. Now, throughout her impressive career as a successful lawyer turned personal growth superstar, she's actually been featured in Oprah Magazine as someone who could dream it, do it. You also may have seen her in People, In Style, uh, Working Mother, Latina, The New York Times, Con Nast Traveler, The LA Times, or one of her many television appearances. Kelly, do us a favor, take a minute and would you give us a glimpse into how you got started doing the amazing work you're doing today? Well, I got started, um, actually I had another business. And I had a, I was per, um, a woman's group with all of my closest girlfriends and we were doing this women's group and we realized that it was amazing experience in all our lives. You know, for me at that point, I was a mother, I just gotten married, you know, I, I hadn't been working, but, you know, I had so many hats at this point. And the thing that I had stopped doing was really spending time connecting with my girlfriends, which was part of kind of my soul essence growing up. And so being part of this woman's group, and we would just come together, and we would, originally, we just talked about what was going on in our lives. And then we would break bread. And, and with women, sometimes you don't have to solve the problem, but you want to talk about the problem. Mm -hmm. And then um, we started, spirituality was coming in. This is right at 2000. We started studying different spiritual teachers and methodologies and concepts. And we would travel and we'd do sweat lodges and, and rebirthing and this and that and everything. And so then I've always been one who wants to give others what I love. And um, so two other women and I decided, you know what, how do we give our, at that point we had studied the ancient goddesses and we called it a goddess group because it was about being creators. How do we give our goddess group to other people? And we decided, no, we don't want to write a book because we don't want it to be a solo experience. 
So we created this beautiful game for women. And it was in a hat box, and it had a silk scarf play, you know, game board kind of thing, and it had candles and cards, and it was beautiful. And it got, it got, it was the right thing at the right time, kind of first in its, you know, first in its class. And we started being invited to do workshops and to speak and this and that and had to do interactive workshops, groups of 200 women. They wanted, they hired us to do luncheons instead of having the talking head. So now I'm standing in the front of the room holding people through transformation who are talking with real, about real life heavy stuff. And I thought, huh, you know, I, A, I love to learn, but B, I wanted to be in integrity. And I said, I need to go back to school. Like, I need to learn how to hold people through transformation. At the time, the Ford uh, Life Coaching was just coming into vogue. I asked around what was the best life coaching program. Everyone said, run, don't walk to the Ford Institute. So I jumped right in. And, of course, I was doing it under the guise of my quote-unquote business. But as it would work out, it was absolutely for my life. And that was the pivotal point in my life because I learned concepts and saw things. You know, transformation is a shift in perception, and no one had ever told me that. You know, I looked black, white. I knew there was gray. But I didn't look at, if you look at the same issue through different eyes, you'll see different possibilities. So it was that reason that got me there. And then, of course, it was totally for me even though I thought I was doing it for others. (laughs) Isn't that great, the way those things sneak up on us? Yeah, it's like, yeah, the universe is the best part. That's the best partner. The universe is, to me, the best partnership I've got. (laughs) Absolutely, 100%. Well, I love that. That is so cool that, you know, like you said, so oftentimes we're like, oh, I'm doing this for others. And you're like, actually, it might have been for me. Okay, good. (laughs) Everybody's a winner, right? Absolutely. So let me ask you this, because one of the things since we focus on partnership here is we found that a lot of people have a a kind of a guiding principle or quote or a mantra. It's something they use as, I call it a touchstone, where they can come back to this whenever they're kind of off their path regarding partnership. And I'm wondering, what's that for you? The one thing I always say to myself, and it, and it might be a kind of a level two if to wrap your arms around it, but I say to myself, there's no one out there. There's no one out there because I truly believe that in a room full of people, the only one who can't see yourself is you. So we learn, one of the ways we learn through situations and we learn through relationships and we learn through our body. In relationships, you know, our partners, especially the ones closest to us, are there to show us us. So if I get triggered by someone, if I, you know, start blaming someone, I say to myself, there's no one out there as a way to come back to what did I make that mean about me? Mm. What am I supposed to be learning? Because I really believe our partners, you know, people come into our lives to show us us and to help us grow and evolve and truly you know even you know some of our worst partners i don't really believe that they came in just to piss us off and make our life miserable 
No, those are the people who trigger us so either we can own back our projections or they're there to rip off the wound from the Band-Aid that we've put over our wounds because they needed to heal. Most of us just put a Band-Aid on them. Mm -hmm. We don't heal them or we avoid them or we numb them out, whatever. So by reminding myself there's no one out there, I always come back to what am I supposed to be learning? Where is my evolutionary leap in this experience? And so that's what I always come back to. And then I ask some other questions, you know, what am I making it mean about me? You know, what what am I projecting on them, light or dark? Love it. That I that, I just love that analogy of in a room full of people, you're the only one who can't see you. Yeah. Because we forget about and, that, right? And everyone us, that's coming obvious. is just coming to show us us. Yeah. Because we can't see ourselves. So we learn through the mirror of relationship. Yes. And so I have to keep, it's not about them. Mm-hmm. It's never about them. We like to make it about them. But it's what am I supposed to be learning? It's really standing in emotional and, you know, total responsibility for yourself and really believing that the universe is this amazing partner that is always sending you the message and the messenger. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's, are, we, are we open to receiving it? Exactly. Wonderful. Well, Kelly, one of the things that our listeners love on this show is is how generous our guests are with sharing, you know, stories of, of you know, their trials and tribulations. And I'd, I'd love to ask you to share with us a time when maybe you kind of tripped up in a partnership. And, and you know, w- what were you doing? What did you trip on? And, and what did you learn from that experience that has helped you move forward? Well, I would say that, you know, certainly my marriage that that ended up in divorce was probably the biggest turning point. And it, and it, it all did coincide when I started doing the work with the Ford Institute. And at that time, after I trained being a coach, um, Debbie Ford, and, and I know you like to know books that we can share with your audience. So besides my book, I would say one of the best books I ever read was Spiritual Divorce by Debbie Ford. And it's really a relational book. It's a book how to be in relationship. Um, so don't let the title, you know, don't let the title confuse you. And um, Debbie created a coach, a relationship coaching program um, derived from the teachings in that book. And at that point, I was always the perfectionist overachiever. That was just, you know, my makeup, you know, everything had to be perfect, you know, my, my whole life. And I remember at that point my ex-husband had some business things going on that didn't end well for him. And I remember thinking, not being able to be with failure. And Mm -hmm. I kept thinking, oh, my God, he's such a failure. Oh, my God, he's such a failure. And I didn't know about the concept of projection. And learning about the concept of projection that we project onto others the things we don't own in ourselves, and when it comes to a negative word, the things that we disown, the things that we don't want to be, the things that you know we find unacceptable. And if you're pointing one finger at somebody else, there are three pointed back at you. 
So at that time, reading that book, understanding all the stuff I was projecting on him was the stuff I couldn't be with in me. And it came from an unhealthy pace because it came from the disowning of I can't be a failure. And then once you unconceal the concept of what you've projected, then it's about getting understanding, you know, when you unconceal a projection or to take back a projection, you have to unconceal it. You have to be able to own it, say, I am that. And then you have to find the gift of that characteristic or quality you don't want to be. And being able to own failure and find the gifts in failure, something that I had hated and was so ashamed of and couldn't be around in myself or someone else was the biggest gift because ultimately being able to find the gifts in failure has let me, has aided me, supported me in letting go. And before I used to be the strong one that could push that boulder up the hill, you know, it didn't matter. You keep adding on and I'll keep pushing. My plate for abuse was so big. And, but when I embraced failure and found the gifts of failures, you allow yourself to let it go. It was one of the biggest gifts. And to this day, working with the concept of projection, owning these qualities so that I can use them instead of them using me has radically shifted my life. And even when you fall in in love with someone, generally most people are projecting their light, something they don't see in them. And when you go back to the concept that God didn't give us any spare parts and everything we see in someone else is within us, So when you fall in love, and I've been dating, you know, I sit there and I think to myself, hmm, what light am I projecting on that person? So that, because I know that that's the light I need to own. And when you're in a projection, you're in a trance. You can't see them and you can't see yourself. And you don't want to make a commitment or, you know, out when you're in a trance. So you want to come to a place of wholeness, own all your projections, and make decisions, especially relational decisions, from a place of wholeness instead of from a place of lack where, oh, wow, you're so smart, you'll complete me. Mm. So I want to ask you something, Kelly. That, that's absolutely awesome. I, I love everything you just said. It just blew me away. But you said something there that I, I, I could literally feel my audience going, how do you do that? <laughs> when you said when you own all your projections, because the, the, what I got was everybody's going, oh, my God, I have so many projections. That's impossible. Mm-hmm. So how do you do that? Well, first you unconceal them. So anytime if we start with negative, a negative projection. So a pro- you project qualities that you don't want to be or don't see in yourself. So with negative, what I would call quote unquote, because I don't see any qualities as negative with the work I do. But if there's something you see in someone else that triggers you or that, you know, I used to, and I don't know how many of your audience are needy, but I could not be needy. Oh, my God, I did not want to be a needy woman. You know, I'm strong, I'm independent, and I could not be needy. I would never ask anyone to do anything for me because, God forbid, I would be needy. So, obviously, needy was something I hated in other people, I hated in myself. And it was a disowned quality. So once I unconcealed needy, so the first step is unconcealing, and you do that because when there's a quality 
that affects you. It's the difference between being informed and effective. If I look at you and I go, oh, he's so greedy, you know, that's too bad or whatever, then I'm just informed by that quality. So it's not something I've disowned. If I sit there and go, oh, my God, he's so greedy, I can't stand him, blah, 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 then I am triggered. I'm affected. So it's something I've disowned. So that's how you tell if it's a disowned quality, which you're projecting onto other people, if you're um, triggered by the quality that you see or don't want to be it in yourself. And then once you see it, you have to be able to see how have I been that? How have I been needy? Well, I have been needy. I've needed to ask for help even though I hated to do it. You know, I do need people. I need, you know, when my kids were young, if I had three kids, you know, I'd need to have a babysitter or something to help me with my kids as a single mom. So I was needy. And then I had to find the gifts in needy. And you find the gifts. That's the third part. And for some, this is a practice, and this is what we do, like, at the shadow process, the weekend, um, the, the weekend workshop I run. But... So the gift for me of needy is I was finally able to delegate. I was finally able to ask for my wants and needs. I was finally able to be straight with people. I was finally able to um, dispel this story that I'm all alone and I had to do it all by myself. And it's a wonderful thing when you can ask for your needs and wants. It's like, wow, this is really good stuff. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Finding the gift in that which you didn't want to be helps you to embrace it. Absolutely. And then, you know, you want to start taking action steps because, you know, you can all live in your mind, but then once you start find the gift, then you want to start taking actions to help you really ground it in. So, you know, I'd get up and say, what can I do to be needy today? Or is there some need that I need to have met either by myself or or asking someone, you know, to do it. And so you want to ground it in, and once you, you know, ask someone for something and they say yes, and you realize, oh, my God, I didn't die, and the world's still here, and you're like, okay, this isn't bad. I can do this. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And so then you have access, because if you've disowned the quality, you don't have access to it. When you own it back, you have access to it. It's not like I walk around like a needy kind of weak person now. No. But if I need help, I can say, you know, can you help me? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I want to make a a point of clarification here because a lot of people get stuck on that word needy. It's funny that you brought this one up, right? Because there's a difference between having needs and being needy. Everybody has needs. So right. like you needed help with your kids. That didn't make you needy. You were taking care of whatever you needed so you could be your best self in that situation, which was, I need some daycare. True. But needy is when and. you actually ask somebody to do something for you and you ask them to compromise their best self because you won't do it for yourself. That's a well, needy Well, I don't situation. know the definition of needy. I mean, I, well, that's, I like That's my definition. definition. And I say that because a lot of people get hung up on, no, I don't ever want to be needy. But the distinction that I want to make clear is, you know, having needs is different than needy. We all have needs. And there's nothing wrong with being needy. I mean, that's our work is not even trying to, like, I am needy. And I am, because our work is based on wholeness. Shadow work is based on wholeness. Integrity based on wholeness. 
It's getting that we are everything. I yep. can be the most needy person, and I'm also very independent mm-hmm. and the most highly functional person. So it's about owning that I am that. Everything I see in the other outer world is in me. I can be the most selfless person and the most selfish person. I can be the smartest person in some ways. In other ways, I am dumb. (laughs) You asked me directions, I couldn't get you to the front door. But, you know, that's okay because we're everything. Exactly. Exactly. I love that. So I want to I want to kind of shift gears here and we talked about kind of a, you know, time where you kind of stumbled and tripped up. What's one of those proudest moments for you in partnership where, you know, you look back on it and you're just like like you can't help but smile. You're just like that was so cool. Well, I think all my partnerships now are really magical. And, you know, when you write when you write a book about integrity, you're going to have any integrity issue that needs to be cleaned up is going to be cleaned up. <laughs> you know, it's going to come kick you in the butt, very honestly, so that you can clean it, so that you can write in integrity about integrity. So um, actually write as a result of that, and I actually had a very bad breakup before I wrote the book, and I did not date, and I just wanted to heal and be in my own space and not have anyone else's energy and then, um, and through really writing the book and just everything, I became, I think, so clean inside and, and really stepped into another level of worthiness and just living an integrity-guided life. For me, integrity is a lifestyle. And I'm so good with me and so clean with me and I'm in integrity you know, probably in the highest, in, with all, what in, in my own life, that I can be in integrity with all my relationships. I can be straight in all my relationships. I can have intimacy in all my relationships. I can speak my truth in all my relationships. I no longer settle for crumbs or try to overstep that little gnawing feeling in my head that this is really off. Something is off here. And so I think right now my relationships are all so clean and the people in it, I value myself. I only want, I only, and I look at myself as a vibrational being, knowing that everything impacts my vibration. I only want people that around me that, that support my vibration. Mm-hmm. And so right now, I mean, I've been dating a man for a year And I wanted healthy, I wanted kind, I was very clear on what I wanted to manifest, and I've never met a kinder person. He's totally healthy in terms of, and he wants to learn, and he wants to listen, and in terms of needy, and this kind of goes back, when I embrace needy, this man is the ultimate caregiver, Mm -hmm. and it's so funny to me because I was the ultimate misindependent, and I've had to keep, you know, he'll only, you know, oh, can I do this? You know, oh, my gosh, you forgot this. Let me go get you that. I mean, he's the ultimate caregiver. It's so funny because I'm misindependent. And a lot of times I'll say no, and then I'll go, look at you. You're so stubborn, you know. But it's so interesting that I was able to manifest that. And so in this, this relationship, he's exactly what, you know, he manifest kindness was the one thing I wanted to manifest above all else. I said, this time around, I want kindness. 
and healthy. I want a healthy, kind relationship. And, you know, my partnership in business, I have a partner that runs the Ford Institute with me, and we're always using the concepts of our work, always using projections, always, you know, cleaning up the space if anything needs to be cleaned up. We trust each other on such, it's, it's so seamless because it's like we, in our workflow, we have this baton and we just seamlessly pass it to each other because we both live the work we do. I love that. I love that. And I'm what I'm hearing too is that's that's a function of being an in integrity, right? Not just you're walking the talk. Yeah, we are walking the talk. I love it. So Kelly, we we've kind of arrived at at well, I call it the bring it all home portion of the show because we're running towards the end of our time. And what I'm going to ask you to do, we're going to step away from stories. We're going to actually just provide some little nuggets people can take home with them. And where I'd love to start is Obviously, you're somebody who people come to for, you know, revise, advice around partnerships and relationships. What's the best relationship advice you've ever received? Well, I think it goes back to there's no one out there. And always look at yourself. How are you co-creating what you're experiencing? Nice. And when did that come into your life? Like, when did you learn that? I learned that back in about 15 years ago, and it was through spiritual divorce, really getting that I was the co-creator of my life, and I never had thought about it. You know, I think I thought life was just happening or happening to me instead of happening for me. And not only do I create my life through my actions, but I also, I also create it because I call it forth. I call forth the people who I need, who are going to, you know, rip those Band-Aids off my wounds yes. so that I can heal those childhood wounds or those childhood beliefs. Yeah, that's great. So you mentioned earlier that, yes, indeed, I do like to, to ask our guests for, for books or resources they recommend for our listeners. And obviously we talked about your book and, and, and Debbie's book. Is there another resource you wanted to recommend? In terms of relationships? Mm-hmm. Um, no, those two are the books. Those are my go-to books. Okay, good. Is there something that's like just in general life lesson type of book that you're like, wow, that one was huge? Well, I love, you know, I love a lot of people. I love a lot of people. So, um, and now it's not even so much books. I love watching TED Talks and... Oh, yeah. Brown on her TED Talks. I mean, I just think there's so many great ways to get such amazing learnings. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I have one last question. I'd, I'd love to leave our listeners with an example of what I call the payoff of partnership. So I'm wondering if you would share a, a specific example of, of something you were able to do or create or experience that was the result of being in partnership that would not have happened any other way. Well, certainly the Ford Institute, that happened as a result of the partnership. Um, and a life I love. You know, I've been single. I've been, you know, in relationship. And I love being in a relationship. And right now I feel like I'm on this magical carpet ride with, you know, 
someone that I called forth as a result because here's the thing. If your inner world, your outer world is a reflection of the inner world and your relationships are a reflection of you, then it's really magical to look out in your life and see, okay, this is a this is a reflection of the work I've done inside of me. And the more whole and the more you claim your wholeness on the inside, the more you will be able to create and manifest on the outside. And so to me, I am in awe looking at what I am creating on the outside world going, you know what, you're doing a good job on the inside because look how it's being reflected out there. Yeah, that that's a great perspective. I love that. Because it is. It, like you said, it shows you, like, okay, you must be doing the work yes. inside if this is what you're manifesting on the outside. Absolutely. You know, living from the inside out. Mm-hmm. Most of us were trained from the out in. You know, if I get that, I'll be happy inside. No, no. <laughs> or worse, the from the out further out. Like, we never bring yes. it in. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Wow. Well, Kelly, I mean, this is this has been wonderful, and clearly you have so much to share. I, I would love it if you would let our listeners know how do they contact you and learn more about what you do. Uh, they can find me at kellycosso.com, K-E-L-L-E-Y-K-O-S-O-W.com. They can find my book, which is the best way to um, experience my work and me, The Integrity Advantage. It's on Amazon, Barnes & Noble's. You know, all the websites that sell books. And I would definitely, and for couples especially, we, the Ford Institute, which I run with my partner, the Ford Institute, and you can go to the FordInstitute.com. And we have a workshop called the Shadow Process Workshop. And I will say, when I see families come, when I see couples come, when I see best friends come, to watch people do this workshop, which has a lot of the concepts we've talked about today about projection and this and that. It is one of the most beautiful things to watch people be so open in their dark and in their light with their partner. And I would encourage anyone to check out the Ford Institute, the shadow process, and run, not walk, especially if you're having some issues in the relationship because you'll start getting you know, because you want to make those decisions from wholeness and taking responsibility instead of just thinking, oh, it's them, because you can get rid of them, but you'll just bring yourself to the next relationship. Yes. (laughs) Unfortunately, that's the way it works. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Well, thank you, Kelly. I mean, your stories, what you've shared, just absolutely incredible. And again, thank you for being on the show today. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Speaking of Partnership. Head over to speakingofpartnership.com for links and recaps of every show and so much more. Be sure you catch the bonus stories from our guests on Follow Your Yes Friday. It's easy to do. Just go to your favorite podcast directory, search for Speaking of Partnership, and click subscribe. Like what you hear? Leave us a rating and review on Stitcher or iTunes. The greatest compliment you can give the show is to refer us to someone else either in person or on the web. Have a great day. And remember, even when you stumble, you're still moving forward. Peace.